0: Thank you so much for that uh, introduction, Pastor Darren. really excited about the fact that uh, Pastor Darren said a lot of the younger staff is going to be preaching. It feels so good to be part of that younger staff, and I just want to say thank you for that, and uh, really thank you for the opportunity to share, and uh, thank you to Pastor Rob as well. Whenever we uh, we have the opportunity to preach out in miniatures, I always make sure to say uh, what a great uh, pastor and great leader we have in Pastor Rob, and I'm honored by the chance that he would uh, give us to grow in our uh, teaching and preaching abilities. So uh, thank you to Pastor Rob and Pastor Darren. And, and uh, once you know, God is doing awesome things in Minatrista. Uh, uh, it, uh, it never stops. It never ends. It just keeps getting better and better. Uh, this summer, we've actually added a number of families to the church. It just keeps growing. I, I kind of love going out and checking on the youth, and it's just as the summers progressed, uh, more and more students are coming. We've had up to eight our 75 students on a Wednesday night hanging out. Um, and uh, it's good stuff. It is good stuff what God is doing out in Minnetrista and I want to say also to you uh, as the church we are one church with multiple locations we know that you're praying we know that you've sent us out we know that you've uh, financially supported and I want you, I want to just say thank you so much for that and it's really great when somebody from Minnetrista says wow we love this church but it's it's really encouraging when I get a text from somebody from Apple Valley or Savage that says man we're praying for you we're on the same team so just from the bottom of our heart we thank you for that and uh, just couldn't be happier about what God is doing out in Minatrista. Uh, but uh, I want to get into it right away. Uh, just out of curiosity, any uh, HGTV fans in the house. It's okay. You're being way too polite now. Come on, any HGTV fans? It's okay. All right. Uh, Come on, you know it. Property Brothers, love it or list it. It's okay. It's okay to like those things. Uh, My wife, Bethany, loves HGTV. And initially, uh, honestly, watching HGTV with Bethany this summer was plain out strategic. Here's my strategy. I've got 16 football games in a regular season and about three hours of pop. Not to mention the possibility of playoff games, additional three hours to go. I see uh, needing about 60 hours of HGTV uh, to prep for what I'm about to experience in our household. It was a great strategy, uh, but I'm going to be honest with you. HGTV has kind of grown on me. Well, now I come home, put on the DVR, and kind of throw on a little Property Brothers, kind of look over at Bethany, okay? She says, Brian, we don't have to watch Property Brothers. And I, of course, play the sacrificial husband. Uh, Bethany, I love you, and this means a lot to you, so it means a lot to me. And... Uh, all the while, I, I really am secretly tuning in to see how they turn that 70s family room into a mid-century modern showroom. Uh, I, I'm just going to be honest. I kind of want to find out. How are you going to do it? Uh, <laughs> But while watching, uh, there's one trend I have noticed and uh, now seen literally everywhere, uh, and it's this term in the design world called upcycling. Uh, Perhaps you've heard of it. Upcycling is the process of converting waste materials or used and broken products that have been deemed useless into new materials or uh, products of better quality. Uh, Simply put, upcycling is taking something broken and useless and giving it... New life by repurposing. It's everywhere you go. I went to West Elm and Adina the other day, um, again, uh, for my wife, and I uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for football. <laughs> uh, but uh, but went in there, and I was shocked to see, after considering this idea for preaching, uh, old wooden pallets that have been painted white and are used kind of as a backdrop. And then I went further into the store, and they had these old window frames with this really uh, old glass. And uh, they were wall hangings in the store. And then you go to the very end of the store, and there's these old, old wooden broken down planks that have been kind of nailed together to create a backdrop for brand new uh, uh, photos and frames. It's upcycling. Uh, we even see it in Minneapolis. When I went to school at North Central, uh, the warehouse or mill district was not what it is today. Uh, I remember going there and just, man, I got to be honest, that was super tempting to see all those vacant, empty buildings just saying, come explore me. And uh, I, 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 I honestly did, but that's another story. Uh, but I remember sneaking around and, and uh, now a, a place that initially was industrious, then was empty for years. Now is the site of condos and lofts that sell for upwards to $1.3 million. That's upcycling. And... uh, I'm really embarrassed that I know this, but Etsy, uh, a well-known <laughs> online, it's true, online marketplace, reported that the number of products uh, with the word upcycled went from 7,900 in January of 2010 to nearly 30,000 one year later. Since last October, the number stands at 221,500 times something has been upcycled. Listen, it's a cultural thing and it's something uh, I I really began to consider. What is it about upcycling? And perhaps it just speaks to our human nature that many of us love the creativity and the freshness that comes out of useless things being repurposed and finding new life. But maybe even a bigger thought, perhaps this love for upcycling is actually a glimpse into the character and nature of the God who created us in his image and perhaps this God loves to take old, beat-up, weathered, seemingly useless stories and upcycle and repurpose them into something thriving with purpose in life. Perhaps he wants to take our stories of sickness, betrayal, doubt, and fear and upcycle them into stories of healing, loyalty, faithfulness, and boldness. And we can see through the word of God that that's exactly who he is. He's a creative, healing, and loving God who can take any circumstance and upcycle it for a new purpose. And I thought, well, let's come up with a few examples, a few illustrations from the Word where we see God upcycle. Okay, so you ready for some HGTV upcycling God? Here it goes. Uh, the first circumstance we see where God upcycles uh, is overwhelming situations that appear hopeless. God loves to upcycle in moments that are overwhelming and appear hopeless. Great illustration of that is seen in the story of Moses. God says, okay, Moses, I'm gonna use you to deliver my people. The the plagues hit. Pharaoh says, get them out of here. And then you get this story of Moses at the Red Sea. (laughs) There's this massive obstacle in front of him, the Red Sea. There's an entire Egyptian army following behind him. And then to top it off, his loyal companions complaining by his side. Exodus 14 says this as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up and panicked. And they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Gotta give him credit, that's pretty creative complaining. But go, go. Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Now, this would be a a moment where people who don't understand that God can upcycle any situation may have panicked. I mean, imagine that. See in front of you, army behind you, and your uh, people that you just delivered from bondage and slavery, complaining, asking to be sent back from where they came overwhelming situation and if if I were Moses I'd love to believe that I would have the faith to respond but man so often the the initial response would be okay God what's your plan now why would you do this to me I was faithful to you I was obedient I stepped up to a king to pharaoh why did you do this to me why have you left me hanging by the way why couldn't you have picked somebody else I told you I wasn't ready for this have you ever felt this way Like the walls are crashing in on every side of you and your situation is overwhelming and hopeless. But I love Moses' response. He says, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. What he's really saying is watch God in a moment take this overwhelming and hopeless situation and upcycle it into a story of rescue and victory that will be told for thousands of years, generation after generation, if you'll just hold on to a God that can upcycle this situation. And because Moses trusted in a God who could do the impossible... In the midst of overwhelming and hopeless situations, we see the Red Sea part, one of the neatest miracles we have in the Word. You know, another time we see uh, God upcycle situations are moments of betrayal. And I started to think, okay, where where would this most apply? Uh, How about the story of David and King Saul? David was a pretty loyal guy. Matter of fact, uh, the whole reason David stood up uh, to Goliath was in loyalty to the king. He said, all right, I'm going to represent. I'm going to go out and fight for your army. I'm going to stand up to Goliath. You know, David also was the king's uh, personal musician, Basically, whenever the king would get, uh, you know, feeling a little crazy, a little uptight, a little anxious, you know, nowadays we have our little iPod, and we're like, oh, playlist, feeling sad, and we press play, you know? And that's, that's like what we do. Saul didn't have that. So every time Saul's feeling sad, he calls on David. Okay, I'm coming, play my harp, make, make, make Saul feel better. And if the Bible even says there was a time where uh, David's playing, you know? And Saul kind of starts to get like a little crazy eyes towards David, grabs a spear, and chucks a spear at him. Interestingly enough, I didn't realize this until I was studying a little deeper, that happened twice. I'm just saying, you want to question a guy's loyalty after that? Not going to happen. David was loyal. (laughs) He even spares Saul's life a number of times when he could have taken it. So here's my question to you. Have you ever felt... Betrayed. Maybe you're the loyal employee. You're the one doing it right. You've been trustworthy. You've been financially uh, righteous in your, uh, in your business. And yet you're the one who gets the pay cut. Somebody else who's been cheating the whole time gets the promotion. And you feel betrayed. Betrayal's wounds go deep. It's the same for David. Or it was the same for David as it was for us. But God is a God who upcycles and God took a situation of painful betrayal and murderous pursuit by the most powerful man in all of Israel and upcycled it into a story of deliverance and fulfilled destiny when David is crowned king over all of Israel at the young age of 30. Why? Because God can upcycle any situation. Two more. How about, how about this? In times of failure and sin, Is it possible that God could take our our sinfulness, our mistakes, our errors, and the times we've simply failed and upcycle it into something powerful and beautiful? Is it possible? I'd have to say Paul, uh, the apostle, is probably one of my favorite examples of that. Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. Quite a title to put on yourself. I'm not just bad, I'm really bad. I'm chief of sinners. When Jesus meets me. And yet, the chief of sinners, on his way to persecute Christians, by the way, gets interrupted by a God who upcycles. And he says, listen, that may be what you've been doing, but I've got greater purposes for you. I'm going to take your situation, I'm going to take your story, I'm going to take your passion, it's pretty good, but I'm going to upcycle that and turn it into passion for what matters for my kingdom, for my name. And from here on out, you're gonna be declaring my goodness. And we see Paul being one of the most prominent missionaries in the New Testament, not to mention the fact that he wrote most of the New Testament. A criminal, a murderer, somebody who's failed and sinned. And here's the good news. God can take our broken and sinful past and upcycle it into a story of forgiveness, redemption, and salvation. For you, And for the masses. And the last thing I thought about that God can upcycle is this. He can upcycle circumstances where we are experiencing sickness and brokenness. I really like the story of the man born blind that was brought to Jesus. And they actually started to say, you know, Jesus, why uh, why is this guy blind? Did, Did he sin? Did his mom sin? Did his dad sin? And they had it all wrong. They didn't know that God was a God who loved to upcycle love to take a story of a man born blind and love to kind of just say, let me show you how big I am. And he took this blind man's sickness and he said, you know what? Nobody sinned. Rather, this whole thing happened so that the power of God would be seen in him. And Jesus heals the man's eyes. Jesus takes blindness, upcycles it into a story of healing that reveals the awesome power of God. Is it possible that God still wants us to take our sickness, take our disease, and reveal himself as the all-powerful healer? Is it possible? Is it possible that maybe God has a purpose in and through that? I'm not saying he wills it. I'm saying is it possible for him to have a purpose in it? He loves to take those moments and reveal his healing, awesome touch. He loves to upcycle. He loves to make things new. You know, if you, uh, if you search just the word new, and look at all the things God loves to make new. It's awesome. Hebrews 10, 19 says uh, we have a new way to come to God, that we can actually come boldly through the blood of Jesus to the very presence of God. It was a new way. David says, uh, he's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to God. John 13, 34, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. He goes, or Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. I'm gonna upcycle your story. I'm gonna make it awesome. It's gonna be new. It's going to have meaning and power. Titus 3.5 says he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done. Who's kind of glad about that? Let's stop on that for a second. Come on. Not because we're all good, because we're in church on Saturday, on Labor Day weekend. That's super holy, but it's not because of anything we've done. It's because of his mercy, and he washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. And in Revelation, Jesus kind of caps it off and he says, behold, I make all things new. It's what I do. I make things new. I take stories of brokenness and heal them. I take worn out marriages and bring life to them. I make all things new. And he loves to take the broken and the seemingly useless parts of our stories and upcycle them into something new and usable. Really for us, it's a question of perspective. Perspective. Do we have the right perspective on our God? And I thought, okay, what are some, some sure signs that uh, we may be missing the mark on our perspective that God can upcycle a situation? Just a couple of them. First of all, we, uh, when we're motivated by fear, when the what-ifs control us and we shrink back, we're forgetting that God can upcycle anything. When we get frustrated or bitter, it's because we feel forgotten and assume God isn't hearing us. Kind of hold on to that frustration, that bitterness. God, where are you? When we start complaining, seriously, consider this. Perhaps you need a perspective shift, not just if you're complaining, but if you find yourself being a little more negative and a little more agitated. Ask your wife. She'll be happy to help you with that and let you know (laughs) if you're having a perspective uh, need. You know, the last thing you, you, you really are, are missing out on the perspective if you quit. If you quit. If you say, no, no, you don't understand, things are too far gone. You don't understand, my marriage is too broken. You don't understand, my son's been away from the Lord for 20 years, I'm, I'm tired of praying for him. You don't understand. And when we quit, we've lost perspective that God is a God who upcycles. He doesn't quit, He wants to bring life to our rotten old stories. And I'd love to give you one last example of somebody who actually got it right, had the right perspective. And truthfully, I admire uh, this guy probably more than anybody in the Bible because it just went from bad to worse to worse. Uh, But Joseph uh, starts off really good. Uh, You know, I had a dream. Everybody's bowing down to me. Woo! And then from there, he's not good for a long time. His brothers throw him into the cistern. He's sold as a slave to Potiphar. He's faithfully working for Potiphar. Uh, Potiphar's wife comes along. How you doing? You know, doing that thing. And, uh... That's what happened. You, I'm, trust me, I'm keeping it PG, actually. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph doesn't give in. She falsely accuses him, and he's unjustly thrown into prison. Now, I don't know about you, but if I like, had the dream and then I had all that, I'd be scratching my head. <laughs> I'd be having to check the list of, well, am I motivated by fear? Am I frustrated and bitter? Yes, yes, yes. I would, that would be me. But Joseph knows that God can repurpose anything. And from that point on, he interprets a dream in prison. And from that point on, Pharaoh hears that Joseph can interpret dreams. From there, he becomes Joseph, or Pharaoh's second in command. And from there, he meets his brothers at the end of his story, moves them to Egypt. And interestingly enough, if you study the history of that, he actually saves a nation that hasn't even been born yet. Because he believed in a God who wasn't done with his story yet, who could upcycle anything and bring life. As a matter of fact, I love how he closes out uh, his story in Genesis 50. He says, listen to his brothers. He said, you intended to harm me, But God intended it all for good. He intended it all for good. And he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. You may have wanted to harm me, my brothers, but God upcycled it and used my circumstances to save many, all of it. What an incredible perspective. And tonight, I I just wanna ask us, what is our perspective? Are you going through it right now? Is, is the situation and the circumstance overwhelming? Does it feel a little hopeless? I want you to know something. We believe in a God who still up cycles. He still takes brokenness and does something awesome. Really, it's why we share Jesus it's why the vision of River Valley Church is to lead people into a life-changing and authentic relationship with Jesus Christ because it's still possible. Yeah. And I thought, you know, uh, uh, just so you know a little bit of my story, I, I, I'm not going to share all of it, but I, about 10 years ago, moved to Mobile, Alabama. Uh, okay, roll Tide. <laughs> all right, there you go. <laughs> I moved to Mobile, Alabama, in a 1997 Cutlass Calais, and it was the only thing I had to my name. And uh, I was honestly pretty sinful. I was overwhelmed, and I honestly felt like I, I like God couldn't put me back together. I had hoped He could, but I was kind of unsure because uh, it was really bad. And over the course of uh, a few moments, and then a few years. God forgave me and healed me and he restored me. And I left Mobile in one of those super long U-Haul trucks full to the brim. A pretty new car. A wife with a beautiful baby on the way. Driving up to to a church that I could only dream to serve at under leadership that I can only dream to serve at. Reading, reading letters from students who said, man, you've impacted our life. You've, you've changed your life. So I just want you to know, this is like at the core of who our God is. It's the core at who we are. Because we've been upcycled. He took a mess and made something pretty okay. You know, it's also why we have... Uh, multi-site and why we do campuses. You know, it when I first moved to Mound, I was really excited. I saw the potential. I remember people coming up to me in Mound saying, hey, it's really cool what you guys are trying to do. Just honestly, not much happens around here. So thanks, thanks for the effort. Don't expect much. Literally. I said, you, are are do you know my God? Do you know who He is? Do you know what he can do? I don't care what was going on. I don't care what was. I just know who is and what he can do. He upcycles, And when I see 75 kids goofing around on our property, I don't know where that person is anymore, but they're nowhere to be found. (laughs) (laughs) But it's why we have multi-site. Because we have a pastor who believes in getting it out into cities and into areas that don't have the life-giving power of Jesus Christ. And you know what else? It's, it's why we have prayer teams in our services. I don't know, it's, it's almost like sometimes with prayer teams, it's kind of, I, I, at least I've, I've experienced this, it feels almost like, oh, if I go up, people are going to know I have issues. People are going to know I'm, I'm a broken person. I'm looking pretty good today. I don't want to look broken. got my nice white shirt on. And there's something like that, that, that there's a fear in that. But I want you to know there's reason we have prayer teams up here. It's because we are all broken. It's because we all need the healer. It's because we all need God to put us back together. So tonight, what situations do you need God to upcycle? And where's your perspective on that? Is it your marriage? Maybe it feels lifeless and loveless and you need a loving God to breathe life into it. Maybe you've had a sickness that has been nagging you for years and you need the touch of the master. Maybe you do have a child who isn't following Jesus. and Your heart is broken and you've prayed day after day after day. Don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. God can upcycle your situation into something beautiful. Don't get bitter. Don't quit. Don't panic. Come to God. And I'd just like to ask if we could just stand in this place as we close uh, this evening. The Lord passionately loves you and he loves your story. Because really, it's his story of what he wants to do in you, can do in you, and will do in you if you'd come. And in a moment, I'm just gonna ask if we could just everybody bow their heads, close their eyes, and we'll pray. Uh, But before we do, I wanted to give one last kind of practical thing, and then we're gonna pray, and we'll have prayer teams come forward. While you're seeking and while you're waiting on God, Two things to always remember. One, always remember the character of your God. He is good. He's good. I can't explain what you're going through. I don't know why sometimes. I know he's good. Another thing I love, my wife says this quite often when talking with people or praying for somebody, your story's not over yet. Your story's not over yet. So don't quit yet. You could be at the cusp of something awesome. Tonight, I'd just like to pray with you. And uh, if you could, bow your heads and close your eyes. And uh, just real quick, I I think it would be appropriate in this moment to simply say, there may be somebody in this room who, who you... You've heard about God. You know that he's good. You know about the cross that he came and died for you. But perhaps you've never surrendered your life to him and said, God, take this mess, take who I am and upcycle it. Give me new life. Give me new birth. Do something new in me. I surrender my life to you. You can have it. Maybe you've never done that. But tonight could be your night for God to upcycle the whole thing. Just as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I would just ask if that's you. And, and a lot of times I, I don't have to push or prod because uh, the Holy Spirit actually speaks and begins to pound in our hearts. And if you almost feel like God's just pounding on your heart and you know I've got to surrender and receive Jesus tonight. Tonight's your night. I would just ask if you would in this moment, please just raise your hand, get my attention. I want to make sure we have a chance to pray with and for you. I'm not going to call you up. I'm just going to make sure we pray for anybody here who needs to surrender their life to Jesus tonight. If you're here, just slip up your hand. I want to make sure. Okay. Yep, I see your hand. I see your hand that's gone up. It's great. More importantly, the Lord's seen it. Any, anybody else? It's awesome. It's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. Anybody else? Okay, another hand that's great that's great anybody else in this room tonight's your night okay another hand I see it I'm just gonna move real quick now I'll give you about 10 seconds is there anybody else you just know I gotta surrender my life to Jesus tonight okay and again just if we could all keep our heads bowed and eyes closed but uh, you know there's nothing scientific in the prayer it's just an honest coming to God and speaking to him but I'm gonna lead you and lead us in a prayer. And i just ask if you're a believer, just repeat this prayer after me and we're gonna join with you. And if you've raised your hand, this is your moment to surrender. And I would ask with us out loud, pray this prayer. And it's just simple. Jesus, I believe in you. And I believe you can take my life and make it new. Forgive me for my sins. I surrender to you. Be my God. And live in me. In your awesome name. And then the one last thing I want to do is this. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor Brian, I'm in that overwhelming situation. I need healing. There's something that you just need a God who can upcycle that story. I would ask, as we close in prayer, if we could have every head bowed again, every eye closed. And if that's you, just slip up your hand super high. I want to pray for you as well. Just you're in that moment. I'm here to, we're here to just link arms with you just in this moment. Say, we believe in a God who upcycles. So Lord, right now, for my brothers and sisters in this room, I don't know what their story is. For some, it's probably really hard. And the light of hope seems really small, but you are a big God, and nothing is impossible for you. So tonight, God, we surrender this to you, we release this to you, and we trust that you are good. Make it new and do something awesome in it. And we will trust you for that. We're not going to panic, and we will have a great story to tell. And you upcycle this situation. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.